welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and this week we are heading to Italy for some classic Italian dishes. Uh, But before we get into that, I hope that everyone had a very relaxing and enjoyable Thanksgiving filled with delicious food, good company, and perhaps most importantly, lots of leftovers. There's something about, I was trying to think of what my favorite leftover is, I guess, and we all love like the turkey sandwiches and all that stuff, but really it's just about leftover stuffing, but more specifically like cold leftover stuffing, like just, you know, a little midnight snack, you go up to the refrigerator and then you like, we always keep our fo- uh, our foil, we always keep our stuffing in foil and it is like unwrap it a bit and you could like slice it almost like bread. Ugh, I just love it so much. There should be like a sandwich. I'm sure someone's made it before, but like the way that my grandma makes the stuffing, it's like a little bit more, I don't want to say congealed, but like it, it definitely has like, you know, stuffing has a consistency. It's almost like a pudding, I guess, but like in the UK version of a pudding. Um, but I, I love it. I can't get enough. I, I just think it's, it's like shrimp cocktail or like a deviled egg at a party. It's always the first thing to go in my fridge, at least for me. I mean, I love deviled eggs and shrimp cocktail. Some people might not be a fan, but, um, I just can't get enough of it. I love it so much. Um, but speaking things, speaking of things that I love so much, Let's get into some Italian food. Let's talk about it. I don't know why. Have I done an episode on Italian food? As I was as I was watching this and taking notes, I was like, first of all, I was so hungry for Italian food the entire time. I haven't had pasta in a while, so this got me really excited. So let's get into it. This is season five, episode three, and it's called Buon Appetito. So Ina begins. I'm the Barefoot Contessa, and this is all about easy Italian. Buon appetito. I'm turning up the volume on a classic weeknight bolognese, but I'm making it faster and even more delicious. Then, my friend Joanne Colleen is sharing the secrets of an old Tuscan favorite, roasted sausages and grapes. It's a classic at her restaurant, Al Forno. Then, it's all about Parmesan and how to serve it before dinner with drinks. From simple Parmesan shards to incredible Parmesan crisps, it's the easiest appetizer ever. Then it's tutto italiano in Ask Ina. I love Italian food. <laughs> My favorite part of that intro, of course, is the last line, I love Italian food. I don't think they show her when they say it, though. I think she's like stirring up spaghetti or something. But um, I also love Italian food, Ina. I, I could eat Italian every day. I think my favorite Italian dish, and and maybe, of course, it's like, I guess maybe I would say my favorite Italian dish that, like, my family makes or um, just, like, in my family is my grandma's rigatoni. I I love rigatoni. I think it's, like, one of the most, like, I shouldn't say, I mean, I, other people love rigatoni, obviously, too, but there's something really... I just love how, like, the sauce gets in there, and, like, the bigger the rigatoni, the better. Not, like, humongous, but, like, a normal-sized rigatoni. I just think it's the most, like, satisfying pasta to eat. Um, I do love... One other... I, I do love gnocchi, and, like, throughout my entire... Um, 
<laughs> like my entire childhood, anytime we went out to like an Italian restaurant, I always said gnocchi. I, I would never say gnocchi, even though that's like the correct way to say it. I just, like my parents taught me that. And then I grew up and then, you know, studied opera in college. So obviously the, the GN makes a gnocchi as opposed to like gnocchi is how I pronounced it. It's gross. But anyway, um, I also love lasagna. Lasagna is great. I'm a big fan of ricotta cheese. Anytime there's like a dollop of ricotta on anything, I am, I'm like twice as likely to order it on a menu if I see anything with ricotta, like, like with pizza, like if it's on pizza, my favorite pizza. Well, I suppose it's a tie. My two favorite pizzas, number one, not number one, like as in this is my favorite pizza, but the, the first of the two is Hawaiian pizza, hands down. I feel like not a lot of people love it. You either love it or you hate it. And I love Italian, <laughs> Italian. I love Hawaiian pizza. I, I, th I love it when there's um, bacon on it as well, too. Like the ham, bacon, and then the pineapple. Ugh, ah, chef's kiss. It is so good. And then the other one is kind of just one that I made up on my own. Um, there's a pizza place. Oh, it's it's so sad. There's a pizza place like right down the street from us that had really great pizza. It was like slightly overpriced, um, but I loved it and it was close. And I would always order ricotta and meatball. I know it might seem a little off-putting, but it is, oh, it was so good. Their meatballs were great. And it would be like, I don't know, like little sliced meatball, I guess. It was like thin. Ugh, it was so good. And I'll never have it again because it burned down. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully they reopen soon. But I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, anyway, let's get into some of Ina's Italian food that she's making this episode, starting with some bolognese. So Ina starts by telling us that all, although bolognese is one of the most popular and delicious Italian dishes, sadly, it takes forever to make. It's like one of those things where like her voice gets like really like high pitched. She's like, it takes forever to make. <laughs> so she starts by frying up some ground sirloin, which is basically ground beef, right? In New England, they call it Hamburg. Did everyone know that? If you're from New England, you do. I did not know that until um, I met Keon, who was originally from uh, New Hampshire, and they call it Hamburg there which I find very interesting. So when his mom comes to Pittsburgh and like we go to the grocery store, she's always ordering like a pound of Hamburg and everyone in Pittsburgh is like, what are you talking about, lady? Um, anyway, so she browns the, the Hamburg and then adds four cloves of garlic followed by some dried oregano and she grinds it up between like the palms of her hands to release the oil. Does that really help? I don't know. We'll say it does. Um, it's like when you go to a bar or like, I mean, this is no shade to bartenders, especially like high end bartenders that like really know their shit. But like when I see, I just like, I can picture like someone like slapping a piece of basil or something. You know what I mean? They like slap it. And I don't know. It just seems pretentious. I believe that it does good things. That's all I have to say. Um, but it seems ridiculous at the same time. That's how I end that thought. Um, so she, in addition to all the stuff I just said, she adds uh, like a few flecks of crushed red pepper. It's not enough. I feel like she needs at least a tablespoon in this. But, you know, people like different levels of... I'm, I say this as, as if I'm 
you know, I can eat like a habanero pepper, like without flinching. I, I'm also kind of a weenie. Like when I go, when we order Thai food, I will always order a two out of 10. Sometimes I'll even go with a one because you never know who's in the kitchen that day. I feel like sometimes, especially if it's like a family owned, like Indian restaurant or Thai restaurant, you know, sometimes it's like the grandma in the back and she puts like the whole bottle of of crushed red pepper in it. And even if you order, even if you order a one, you're going to get like an eight. So I tend not to trust it. I'd rather be able to add more heat than because you can't take it away. It ruins like the whole meal. Anyway, um, so in addition to the crushed red pepper, she adds a cup of red wine. Uh, she chose Chianti. And then she adds a 28-ounce can of San Marzano tomatoes with two heaping spoonfuls of tomato paste. And she finishes it off with some salt and pepper and then lets it simmer away for about 10 minutes. Uh, while that's doing its thing, she starts with the pasta. And instead of regular spaghetti... <laughs> pasta. I must call her pasta. Instead of regular spaghetti, Ina says... which She says, which is really boring. Um, she went for... The Italian word is orecchiette, but she calls it orchiette, which, you know, it's a hard Italian word. I will not fault her for saying that. And it means uh, little ears in Italian, which is really cute. I'm sure you've all seen this type of pasta before. And she says she likes it because it really, much like what I was saying about the rigatoni, it kind of just like, I don't know, you get little pockets of sauce in there. It's especially for a bolognese. I just, I, I fully support this decision. Uh, so while while that cooks, she adds uh, a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg to the bolognese, which I don't really love nutmeg, but I think just because there's so many flavors going on, it'll probably, I feel like it's something she just like adds for a little flair. You might not be able to taste it, but you know it's there a little bit. Um, so next is some fresh basil and a little bit of cream, actually, which I feel... I feel like that's a no-no with bolognese. I don't know why. My gut just tells me that, like, if, if you know, those who are, like, for all my Italian listeners out there, I feel like cream in bolognese might not be a traditional ingredient, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, so she adds another quarter cup of red wine after she adds the cream to give it, to give it some edge, uh, she says. And next, it's time for some grated parmesan. Uh, she says it really makes a difference. And I agree, it does. It's just that Parmesan is expensive. But there's a whole segment about Parmesan, so I'm not going to talk anymore about it right now. Uh, so Ina drains the pasta and then pulls out a big white bowl. I love. I just love a big bowl of pasta, you know? I get, like, so excited about that. I, I used to, like, in college, I used to eat, I mean, I was a poor college kid, so don't judge me, okay? But also... I would eat like a whole, like a, an entire box of Kraft macaroni and cheese. But I wouldn't even like, I think I, maybe I could have afforded the Kraft macaroni and cheese because it's, it's not that expensive. But I would always, always go for like the, like the knockoff version, like the 99 cent box of macaroni and cheese. It's so much better. You, I mean, it's probably way worse for you. I mean, even the regular Kraft is terrible for you but I used to <laughs> I remember when we were young my mom would make that and like it would serve like the whole family we would have other things on top of that of course um but I would just eat the whole thing I would always tell myself like don't eat the whole thing 
save some for later and then I would just like sit in front of, I would I would like bring the pot <laughs> once it cooled down of course I would like bring the pot and like put it on my lap and just like sit in front of the TV and watch 30 Rock and eat macaroni and cheese it was oh it was the best of times and the worst of times <laughs> but uh, anyway back to this bolognese and also I know I'm such I'm being such a snob about Italian words today but the proper way to say it is bolognese, but it is easier to say bolognese, so I'm just going to do that. Uh, she pours the bolognese over the pasta. It looks divine. She sprinkles some Parmesan cheese on top of that and a sprinkling of some chopped fresh basil. I I mean, I would eat all of this. I would eat all of this in one sitting. I would eat it with a spoon, though. I wouldn't eat it. Sometimes, I don't know, I, I'm weird about different pastas and my utensils. Like, I feel... Um, honestly, I would probably eat gnocchi with a spoon. I just feel like it's it's better. And I would eat... I mean, obviously, I'd eat spaghetti with a spoon. But if I would... Let me think of another one I would eat with a Honestly, I was just talking about the Kraft macaroni and cheese. I always eat macaroni and cheese with a spoon. Always. I just feel like you get more bang for your buck. And, like, sometimes if you're stabbing thing, it just doesn't, like, pick up as much. That's, like the fat kid talking in me like I just I need to eat it faster <laughs> so spoons it is um gentlemen start your spoons that's another Ina quote uh I totally lost my place in my notes uh bolognese um oh I wrote in my notes this is just like a memory that popped into my mind when I was watching the episode too that we would have spaghetti or whatever kind of pasta we were having and my mom like she didn't she didn't do it. I mean, still to this day, I don't really do this as, as much, even though you should. The way that you're supposed to do it, or at least the way the Italians do it, is like you make the pasta, you make the sauce, and you put the, the pasta into the sauce to finish cooking. But my mom, I mean, she didn't know that. So it's, it's, it's also fine. Like, we would just make the pasta. She would put it in the colander and strain it. And then we would just, like, scoop it out of the colander and then put sauce on top. So, like, the best part of every meal was like I was like always so full from pasta because again I can't I don't know when to flip the switch off when it comes to pasta if it's in front of me I'm always going to eat more and I would always like take my plate to the sink or something like that and then I would see the pasta there and I would just take like a handful of whatever it was and just like <laughs> just like waddle off to my bedroom and like eat it under the covers <laughs> I love pasta. It's so good. Anyway, um, Ina has a guest in the kitchen today, the aforementioned Joanne Colleen, who owns the Al Forno restaurant in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, so Ina describes Al Forno as unbelievable, very earthy, and the food's delicious. Um, so they are making sausage and grapes. And Ina says, if you think that's, I don't know what she said. She's like, if you think that sounds weird, or unusual, maybe. It's been on the menu for 30 years. And I think I remember um, Trent, if you're listening, um, Trent of Storebot is Fine on Instagram, that he, I think he, like, people, he did, like, an ask me anything sort of thing on, like, what's surprised you the most or something like that. Like, what recipe out of all the books? That probably wasn't the question, but he actually said that um, the sausage and grapes, like, it seems like such a weird combo, but it's actually, like, such a quick and easy recipe and it's always interesting and people uh enjoy it so uh and it is cool like i would totally try this and it's a tuscan like 
uh, sort of, uh, Ina called it like a harvest meal, um, but it, it does seem like an autumn sort of fall dish. But anyway, um, so Joanne presents this beautiful sausage, both sweet and spicy, and she tells Ina that they're going to boil the sausage to get rid of some of the excess fat because they're adding butter later. Um, which I kind of like. That's kind of cool. Joanne starts to peel some grapes and she asks Ina to melt some butter in the roasting pan. And Joanne tells us that the types of grapes she has are Red Flame and Thompson Seedless. I had no idea. I mean, I guess I guess I knew there were different types of grapes. (laughs) But to me, it was just like, you either get green grapes or red grapes and that's it. Um, So this is all new to me. Red Flame and Thompson Seedless. So there we go. We're learning things today on The Good Vanilla. Um, So Ina tumbles the grapes into the butter, and then Joanne adds a splash of Chianti. By this time, the sausages are done boiling, and Ina nestles them in between the grapes, and then roasts them in a uh, 500-degree oven for 20 to 25 minutes, which is so easy. I mean, I know I say this a lot, but I, I really do feel like this is one of the easiest dishes that you could possibly make. Although I, I, I like, I hesitate saying that because the next segment is Joanne explaining that halfway through you have to turn the sausages over, which ah, again, first world problems, but I, I can't be bothered to turn shit in the oven. I don't know why it annoys me so much. I hate like, especially when it's like little things. Like sometimes I'll make like little bits of like tofu. Now I do it in the air fryer and it's awesome. Uh, Cause I don't, I give it like a shake. We have like one of the baskets you just give it a good shake and we're good to go. But like turning things over individually, like little bitty things, I just, it's my biggest pet peeve in the kitchen. I don't know why it's just tedious and you're like leaning over the oven. I guess I could like take it out of the oven and do it, which I probably do most of the time too, but I just, um, I just hate it. (laughs) Um, but anyway, once, once that's done cooking after 20 to 25 minutes, you take it out and put the roasting pan on top of the oven or like on the stove over medium flame uh, because we're going to finish it off with the sauce. So uh, Joanne is cutting up some focaccia as Ina prepares the sauce, which starts with a... Basically, it's just like a good, healthy drizzle of balsamic vinegar. I really think that that's... I don't think there was any other ingredients in it. Um, oh, speaking of balsamic vinegar, when I was at my mom's house for Thanksgiving, I caught one of the episodes of the like the Stanley Tucci in Italy show. We all know what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But we don't have cable. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's only available on like some weird streaming service, like AMC plus everything has a plus. Um, And I was like, Ooh, this, this should be fun to watch because we were looking for something to watch. And I got to tell you, it was pretty boring. They were talking about balsamic vinegar. And I was like, this is like watching paint dry. And maybe I just caught it at a weird moment I gave it like two minutes and then I looked at Keon and I was like I'm I don't think I want to watch this and then I talked to someone recently I can't remember who it was that said that most of them are kind of low-key boring a little bit dull but some episodes are actually really great so you know no shade to Stanley I mean he's great he's doing fine he's handsome and rich and like has this like hit show about Italy so it's it's he's doing okay um i just wanted to say that to you all um so anyway finally the dish is ready to be served 
They played it on a big white platter. It looks so good. Um, Joanne says, Ina, if you're so inclined, you can serve this with mashed potatoes sometime. And Ina looks at the camera. She's like, I'm always inclined to serve something with mashed potatoes. And then they throw their heads back and laugh. Um, And Joanne is... It's really cute. She, like, lines up the sliced focaccia, which she calls her little focaccia uh, soldiers, excuse me, and Ina is, like, beside herself. Her jaw becomes unhinged, and she mouths, I can't wait. Um, and it's so cute. I. It's, like, very rarely does she get, like, I don't know, excited, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, so they both dig in. Ina starts with a spicy sausage, Spoiler alert, she loves it. Um, I really love Joanne. I was I wished we had more time with her in a way. What a goose. She was she was so natural on camera. I, I feel like her and Ina do go way back. There's something, I don't know, there's like a familiarity there that they just really worked well together. Ina gives her like a kiss on the cheek and then turns to the camera and says, I love her. Uh, so it was really sweet. I, I like Joanne a lot. So hopefully, I don't think she comes back on any other episodes, but I wish she did. So next, Ina pops up, pops up. She pops in to Cavaniola's gourmet cheese shop for some Parmesan. And this is like all about Parmesan. So buckle up. Um, so these wheels of cheese, these wheels of Parmesan are like humongous. Uh, she tells us that there are many types and that it can be a little overwhelming. However, there's only one real type of Parmesan, and it's called Parmigiano Reggiano, which is a cow's milk cheese from Italy. We all know. We all know what we're talking about. It's like a million dollars an ounce. Um, so she she's she picks up a piece of like shade Parmesan and tells us that it's really expensive. But if you wanted something less expensive but similar, you could go with Grana Padano. Um, I wonder how much that is. Is it that much cheaper? Who knows? And then Ina says, <laughs> so what about pre-grated Parmesan cheese? And this is where she really like leans in. She's like, there are two things about pre-grated Parmesan cheese that I don't really love. One is that you have no idea where the cheese was from. The second thing is you don't know how long it's been grated, which I guess is a way to say like, yeah, I mean, it means just that, I guess. But it's also been like on the shelf I mean, the amount of times I've bought fresh fresh Parmesan have been pretty few and far between because sometimes we just don't use it fast enough and then it, it then we waste it and it's really sad. But um, anyway, Ina wraps up that segment by saying, so I kind of steer clear. Um, <laughs> so, it's not, never mind. She doesn't wrap up the segment. We keep going. There's more cheese here. Uh, she goes on to tell us how to store parmesan cheese she says if the piece of parmesan is too big to use right away and by the way there's like some b-roll footage of of someone maybe her cutting a block of parmesan that's like the size of a bowling ball it it literally it looks like it costs like six hundred dollars so she cuts it in half and wraps both of them with plastic wrap one for the fridge and one for the freezer uh, and then it's on to the parmesan appetizers which i think are really chic and really simple Uh, So does Ina. (laughs) And so the first appetizer is these Parmesan shards, which is, I mean, it's exactly that. You just cut them into shards and serve it in, you know, in one of those classic Ina silver bowls. And she said it should be served with a glass of crisp, dry white wine. That sounds like heaven to me. I, I would love that. Like after work, in the summertime, out in the backyard, 
with my best friends just like you know shooting the shit and drinking some wine and eating cheese Ugh, it's beautiful um Ina says now that's my kind of appetizer and I totally agree uh, the second appetizer is Parmesan crisps, which uh, a little bit more work involved here. You have to, I mean, but really not. All you have to do is grate four ounces of Parmesan and then drop rounded tablespoons onto some parchment paper on a sheet pan and cook it for six minutes for 350 degrees. And this is also a great little appetizer. And I it, it makes it look like you really did work hard, even though, again, it's just grating some cheese and plopping it on some parchment paper. So... Um, this is where Ina wraps up this segment. She's still at the cheese shop, by the way, talking to like no one. <laughs> I, I, I thought there was going to be some sort of interaction where she bought the cheese. You know, she talks to like the guy behind the counter, um, but there isn't. She just ends it with a Julia Child quote about how she didn't like about how Julia Child didn't like Italian cooking because it wasn't cooking. And then Ina says, hello, that's exactly what I love about it. And then she smiles and then commercial so now it's time for my favorite segment and yours and Ina's I guess for that matter uh it's ask Ina I feel like we haven't had ask Ina in a in a good minute here so it's nice to nice to return a nice return to form is what I'm trying to say uh so the first question is from Charlie Tremarchi which sounds like a cartoon character's name from like the 1950s Um, And Charlie says, every time I make meatballs and spaghetti, the meatballs are always squishy. And Ina says, her solution is uh, a lot of meatball recipes call for bread that's been soaked in milk or water to keep it moist. I don't think I've ever made meatballs that way. But uh, I know that's like, I feel like that's more traditional meatball. She said, if you don't squeeze enough of the liquid out of the bread, they get soggy. So she goes on to say that she mixes... uh, that she uses a mixture of fresh and dried breadcrumbs and that she doesn't soak either of them, which I also feel is the way to go. Um, I don't like a mushy meatball. I like a good firm meatball that's not going to like fall apart. So there we go. The next question is from Pam Grissart and Pam is fed up with risotto taking too long. Is she doing something wrong? And Ina's solution is to mind the heat. She says it's not too high and it's not too low. It's kind of like the Goldilocks effect here. Just just right. Um, Because as we all know, risotto has to be like you ladle in like chicken stock, like one thing at a time. You have to wait till it incorporates into the risotto before you move on. Um, It's a labor of love. Um, I do love risotto, though. It's so good. Uh, what's next? Okay, so next we have Don Fenton, and she is looking for the secret to buying the best balsamic vinegar. And Ina says, Don, I hate to break it to you. The more aged the vinegar, the more expensive, but it's so much better. Um, which I agree. I mean, I, we kind of go middle of the, I'm not, I shouldn't even say middle of the road. We buy our balsamic vinegar from Aldi, but every once in a while, if we're, there's a place in Pittsburgh called like the Strip District that has like a lot of like really, really great Italian stores um, that you would kind of see similar to like what Ina's in, right? That cheese shop she was in that they do it right. And maybe if we're down there, we might, you know, we might splurge and buy like a more expensive balsamic vinegar. But in general, it also it's pretty much Aldi all the time. Um, but I agree, like the the more 
aged you can definitely tell the difference like it's almost like a beautiful like syrup consistency it's so good so the last question is a video question from irma miller from texas and she tells ina that when her pasta or once she cooks her pasta and it cools down it turns into a solid mess and her solution it's kind of a two-parter uh, first is to add oil to boiling the water <laughs> the boiling water excuse me that uh, you make the pasta in and i feel like that is I don't know. Some I feel like some people would be enraged. I don't know why. Like I feel like it does help, maybe ultimately, but the oil just floats on top of the water anyway. So like, what's it really doing? I don't know. Um, and that's the second part is what we kind of mentioned before is to once the pasta is done cooking, put it in the sauce so it it, it has you know a chance to be. I don't know. One to cook a little bit more. If, if you cook it al dente and cook it properly, I guess. But um, then you'll never have that problem. Uh, but you won't get that handful of pasta on your way to the bedroom to eat but <laughs> under the covers. I'll tell you that much. Um, so Ina wraps it up. She says, well, that's it for me about Italian cooking. It's one of the great cuisines of the world. Have fun. <laughs> and she waves. I don't know why. I'm noticing that the, the sort of have fun send-offs are more common than I thought they would be in rewatching these episodes. Um, it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to say have fun and wave at the camera. And I don't blame you. And after all these episodes, sometimes not every episode is going to pack a punch at the end, but um, we appreciate the effort. And in return, I hope all of you had fun. I'm also, I'm also waving at you. You can't see it, but uh, I guess that's all I have for you this week. So thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram and Twitter at GoodVanillaPod. And you can also send me an email at GoodVanillaPod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for the Facebook... For the Facebook. I made a group for the Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search the Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.